Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I knew it, but it's inside and out, literally and metaphorically. Well, well we um, said literally. Let's not get that twisted. <laughs> let's, let's not get that twisted in any way, shape or form. I'm, I'm not going to expose you. He showed his bum on Drive to Survive. That is as close as anything has been. I can assure you of that. And welcome back to the Cut to the Race News Roundup Show, the weekly show covering the news, views, and opinions from the F1 world, brought to you by the Formula Nerds News Team. Jay and Charlotte are back this week. How are you guys? Yeah, man, I'm super good. You know what? I missed you both so much, so I'm so hyped for today's podcast. I am buzzing. I'm like Christian Horner in an FIA meeting. I'm just thrilled to be there and ready to just dish it all out. Coming out with anything left, right and centre. Who knows what you're going to say? Who knows what Red Bull are going to say? But we're not actually talking about Red Bull this week. They've had a quiet week uh, for once in their life. We're going to talk about Aston Martin. What's happened there? They have decided to basically give up, throw in the towel. The stewards, you know, they said that Vettel's, uh, the amount of fuel left in Vettel's car after the Hungarian Grand Prix was actually too little. Didn't take a, an effective sample and below regulation. And Aston Martin said no. Said no. We actually do have enough fuel. There's just a fuel pipe leakage or something like that. But in the FA had turned around and said, nope, you're wrong. I'm afraid you've cheated. And disqualified them and Aston Martin. They kind of made it, they tried to sort of say, no, it's not our fault. They really and truly probably is their fault. And they've given up and they've got disqualified. So big ramifications in the, in the championship, Hamilton P2, Carlos Sainz. I want to say a quick one about Carlos Sainz, actually, because the man's had four podiums and twice he's actually missed the actual ceremony. So I do feel bad for Carlos, but... Yeah, it's pretty sad for Vettel as well and sad for Aston Martin because they're in quite a big battle with Alpine and Alfa Tori. Another little fun stat. Every time Carlos has been on the podium, Charles Leclerc retired, which is funny. I wonder if a double Ferrari podium will ever arrive. Ah, I didn't know that. Mine, I'm blowing minds every day. Well, as well, I'd like to add, with Carlos now third from that race he has pushed up ferrari to joint p3 in the constructor standing with mclaren 
So Ooh, that's spicy. making yeah, really spicy. Obviously, we do know that I am a McLaren fan, so I am rooting for papaya. However, I love for I love the guys in Ferrari. Charles and Carlos are doing really well this season. So let's just see what happens. It's, it's it's a lovely little subplot to the obviously you've got the main Lewis Hamilton Max Verstappen title battle, but that battle for P three between probably F1's two biggest teams in in history. It's really, really fascinating. I'm really, really enjoying it. Also, quick word on Carlos Sainz. He's actually beaten Charles Leclerc in the Drivers' Championship. And I know you can, go, oh, you can go Monaco. Leclerc probably would have won at Monaco. And you can say Bottas. Absolutely. Actually, no, Bottas didn't. Uh, who was it? Oh! Stroll. Lance Stroll spearheaded him at Hungary. But... <laughs> it actually wasn't Bottas. Yeah, yeah he, sorry. he didn't take he it was ev- He was everyone else, but yeah, not Leclerc. Just, just not I'm Leclerc. taking that as a positive. <laughs> So, yeah, so yeah, uh, Lance Stroll just completely annihilated him at turn one in Hungary, uh, Leclerc. So, I mean, he has had his unfortunate moments, has Charles, but don't take anything away from Carlos because he's been really good this year. He has, he has. We're going to chat a couple of things non-F1 related now, the first of which being that Valentino Rossi has announced his retirement from MotoGP at the end of the year. What a legend. Yeah, it's a big shame for MotoGP. It's an end of an era for this amazing driver. He's a seven-time world champion. I think he's been in the sport for like 25 or 26 years or something crazy. Um, So yeah, it's absolutely incredible what he's achieved. And gosh, has he left his mark on it. You see, the thing with with, uh, Mr. Mr. Valentino Rossi is that he has been in MotoGP for, I think, longer than I've been on this planet, which is pretty crazy. Like certain sports or certain like industries, certain sports, they have these these stores that you think swimming, you think Michael Phelps, you think cycling, you think Chris Hoy, you think football, Cristiano Ronaldo, all of these icons, these legends of the sports. And when you say that to a particular sport, you instantly think of that person's name. But that's what Valentino is to MotoGP. As soon as you say MotoGP, you think Valentino Rossi. I mean, I'm sure if you went down the street and you went down down to Market Harbour and you ask people on the high street who's Valentino Rossi I'll say yeah he's a mobile rider but if you ask pretty much anyone else very few actually get to tell you what they do so he's an icon he's a legend and it's sad to see him go yeah it is yeah it is but on to some more positive news McLaren have announced their first extreme e-driver will be Tanner Frost Frost not too sure exactly how you pronounce it sorry if I've done that wrong Uh, he's a four times rallycross champion I think that's a really good choice for McLaren actually as they partake in the second ever season, their first season next year. Yeah, 100%. Well, they're the first F1 team uh, to join uh, Extreme E. I'm going to start that again. (laughs) This is going to be a long one. Um, Okay. Yeah, 100%. So McLaren are the first F1 team to join Extreme E. Obviously, there are people, uh, shareholders or you know, that own the team like Lewis Hamilton, Nico Rosberg and Jensen Button, but McLaren are the first proper team. And as you say, he's a four-time Rallycross champion. And as we've seen with the other Rallycross champions, such as Carlos Sainz Senior, he's been doing pretty well. And I think this will really suit him. I think that it's super exciting for him to join. I think he's got, you know, some great credentials to his name. And um, yeah, oh, also to add, he has also won four X Games and won the gold medals and two Formula Drift Championships. So he's got a lot of experience behind him. Someone's done her research before this. That was you very know, impressive. you know. Top <laughs> journalism. Do you know what? Yeah, as well, it's actually really cool to see McLaren 
go to f- Extreme E. I think as they could be the trailblazers because I mean, McLaren are a huge automotive company. McLaren go, you never know, maybe other European giants of of car manufacturing might actually go to Extreme E. And it'd be really cool to have more solid teams because like Charlotte was saying there, a lot of it is sort of former drivers just being shareholders in teams and having their own teams run. So it'd be really cool to have more teams and also what Extreme E is really cool with what it's doing, trying to raise awareness for key environmental issues. It'd be cool with bigger businesses like McLaren got involved. Could not agree more. And sticking with electric, it is the Formula E uh, finale this weekend in Berlin. These are quite a few people quite fighting for the title. It's not quite like F1. It's a lot It's a lot closer. You currently got Nick de Vries at the top. You got, Then you've got Robin Frank, Samber, Jake Dennis, Fede, uh, Antonio Felix da Costa, Alex Lynn. But none of them are likely to win the title. I'm not saying they won't but they almost have a disadvantage based on the qualifying format. So you need to look further down the order at drivers like Nick Cassidy, Mitch Evans. In a way, they could well be they could well be champions at the end of Berlin. Jay, I don't actually need to ask you this, but who are you rooting for? Uh, Antonio Felix da Costa. Haha, <laughs> funny. No, I'm not. Go on, Jay. Uh, Go of course on. it's Nick DeVry. Of course it's called hey. the It's got to be the boy, Nick DeVry, isn't it? Um, his leading title, he's taken two wins this year. And I think he came, I think a few podiums. I know he definitely came second last night in London, which, by the way, was a really weird track. Did you not think? It was like indoors. Yeah, outdoors. it was. It yeah. didn't feel like London, mm. did it? I didn't really like it, I have and to like, say. If, if, if you're going to say London, you can't really put it in like the a warehouse, basically. I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, I would say it's a warehouse, but <laughs> yeah, it, it, like you, you kind of want the iconic background. You want to see Big Ben and Tower Bridge. You don't want to see the docks anyway like sorry. the mall is the pitch straight and all that sort of thing or the mouth yeah. whatever you say it but yeah the road to buckingham palace that's don't say that otherwise lizzie would be annoyed at you but um <laughs> yeah berlin to be fair berlin is sort of similar to london it's in an airport which is miles away from actual berlin but in terms of actual tracks for formula e formula e is pretty hard to overtake in terms of actual city tracks it's probably one of the best i mean i remember last year they had like all of their that seven races there in like a couple of weeks and it was really cool so looking forward to it obviously i'm supporting my man nick devry and hopefully he can bring it home oh. they need to rename these uh formula e races don't they to near london epre and near berlin epre and just across the river from new york epre none of them are actually in the city i mean to be fair f1 does it a lot like budapest hungary is nowhere near budapest um Sao Paulo is like, you know how Interlagos is in Sao Paulo. It's nowhere near actual Sao Paulo. So, the dream of Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. I wasn't even Kuala Lumpur. So, marketing, capitalism, and all that crazy stuff. To be stuff. fair, that would make Twitter hashtags quite hard, wouldn't it? Hashtag yeah. nearish London, Ypres. It's not the same, yeah. is it? Hashtag Docklands. Docklands, Ypres. That's quite nice. Docklands, anyway. that works. That works. That works. Go kart, Ypres. That's what it reminded me of last week with the indoor outdoor format. You actually can go go kart and literally across the river from that place. So, um, can you? if you're, you can, yeah. Oh. Wait, one time we'll all go. Anyway, Formula um, Strip Out. Yeah, Formula Strip Out. But yeah, you actually can go go kart and near there. Do you it's really cool? You can do loads of good things there. And it's, it's really cool as well that London or the UK is on the Formula E calendar again. Because last time it was in Batsy Park and that was a bit rubbish. But it's good that it's back. Because it is. doesn't like motorsport. Exactly. Well, yeah. I don't. I mean, no. No, I. No, 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 that's not what I meant. Get I meant this podcast, mate. What oh, are you doing? Oh, oh, that's not what I meant. Wrong place. That's not what I meant. <laughs> I answered the wrong question at the wrong time there. Anyway, 
Um, I'm of course rooting for Sam Bird this weekend. My 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 my, my guy Sam Bird came on the podcast. What a legend! I did wear my boss ass top while he was on the podcast, which was a little bit embarrassing on my part. Um, but I think I think he's got it in the bag. He's got it in the bag, hundred percent. He's re-signed to Jaguar next season. He's gonna win. I don't really know who I want to win in Formula E, but I would just like to give a shout out to one of the best races I honestly think I've ever seen, which was the Monaco E-Prix. I thought that race was amazing. I still think about it today and it was back in May and I think I'll remember it forever. Did anyone else watch it? Because, oh my God, it was sick. I did. And I think it showed F1 that you actually can have races at Monaco and you can still overtake and it can still be exciting. So exactly. maybe, hopefully, next year, new cars, the ground effect, all that good stuff. You might finally get to see a good Monaco Grand Prix. Finally. Oh, exactly. Like, you didn't know who the top three were until, the like, the chequered flag. Because it completely changed by the beginning of the lap. It was just, oh, it was just so good. And I still, I just wanted to give it a quick shout out because I'm still hyped from that see, race. I think that's the thing with Formula E is that if you actually watch an F- Formula E race, I don't know how many people actually do, but it's actually pretty exciting. Like, mm. Eight times out of ten, you're going to see a, a, a battle for the lead that goes for the majority of the race. It won't be like an F1 sometimes when like Hamilton or Verstappen pole and you never see them for the 80 laps. It can be exciting. I think the issue is, is that sometimes it can feel a bit farcical. It can feel a bit gimmicky. Like that whole fan boost thing is a bit dodgy. The attack mode, I know F1's got DRS and it's kind of similar, but it can feel a bit gimmicky. But it's actually really cool and I'd really encourage people who are listening to this, watch the finale I'm sure it'll be worth your wait, worth your time as well. One thing I will say about Formula E that I feel lets it down is the TV coverage. Just every session's on a different channel or a different website and it's just impossible to follow. At least it's free though. That's one thing that I do like. It is actually free. That's true. I'd love to see more F1. Maybe, maybe free or at least a bit cheaper because Sky Sports F1 is pretty expensive for people who are obviously watching in the UK. Yeah. I know they've got F1 TV in most other countries, which is a lot cheaper than Sky Sports is. And hopefully, yeah, it will more, become more, more accessible because that's what you want. You want young children to be inspired and happy and want to aim to be F1 drivers or work within Formula One. We don't want a pay barrier to restrict that. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, let's very quickly look back at the predictions that we made for the Hungarian Grand Prix, which feels like about five months ago now. Oh. But you weren't here last week, so we couldn't do them. Do we have to? Um, yes, we do. <laughs> okay, do. let's go, let's go. All right, I'll go first and embarrass myself. I said Bottas will get polled, but then he'll lose the race. Oh, really? And I just don't want to talk <laughs> about that. Oh, really? In, he, he really did lose the race. He really did lose the race. Yeah, I think that's half a point. No, no, you can't clutch that. Well, no. Because <laughs> no. I know you definitely, I know you definitely meant he'll come on pole and then Mercedes was swapping around. You did not mean Bottas would annihilate half of the field. <laughs> and make sure no one else will win, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't, go, it didn't go to plan. It didn't go to plan. Charlotte, what did you say? <laughs> so mine was Lando Norris to have an easy and solid P4 finish. So, um, it was looking to be P3 from the opening lap, but um, what happened, Dan? Can't remember. Jay, what was your prediction? Wait, <laughs> I, I reckon Dan called Bottas on Saturday yeah. night and said, look, look, you see Lando, if he gets in front of you, you're going to turn mm. one, you just need to hit him off because I exactly. can't lose to Charlotte <laughs> yes. and the predictions. Yep, yep, well, that's it. That's the conspiracy. Busted. Busted. The rage I had was undeniable. Basically, I was everything that happened that day is all Dan's fault. 
So Verstappen's crashing and losing all the points to Lewis, it all stems down to Dan calling Bottas the night before. Yep, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Jay, what was yours? Uh, mine was that Ferrari would be on the front row, which was too fair. A pretty poor prediction. I think I just got a bit too overzealous. I saw what happened in Monaco. I saw what happened in Baku. And I thought Charles Leclerc going to be the guy. Stick it on the front row. But he was, what, seventh, I think? And then Carlos, signed didn't help. He crashed in Q2, smashed it into the barrier. But he did get on the podium. So that's pretty close to the front row. So I, I think mean- I deserve some kind of acknowledgement for that. You get an acknowledgement, but no points. But I will say that they were looking good in practice. So, like, there was a good chance of them doing really well in qualifying. But then Carlos crashed and Charles just couldn't do anything, it seems. And then we all know how it went. (laughs) So Yeah, we did not have a good week at all when it comes to predictions. But there is no race this week, which means we will be predicting a bit of news that we think is going to break in the next week. And I've prepared mine this week. I don't have to spend ages thinking about it. I'm going to say that at least one of the Haas drivers will have their future confirmed. That, that's mine. Okay. Uh, any inkling to which one? No. Okay, fair enough. Probably Mick, but no. Jay, what piece of news do you think is going to break in the next week? I'm going to go bold here. I'm going to say George Russell is joining Mercedes. Bottas is going to be showing the door. And Russell will be passing Lewis Hamilton at Merck next season. I never wanted you to get a point less than with that prediction. I've never wanted me to get a point more, but here we go. So wait, when do we think this is going to be announced? Is it in the next week or before we head to Spa? Uh, It has to be in the next week. In the next week. In the next week. It will be. It will be before the twenty-first of August. Okay. Because I feel like that could be announced, but maybe. Would it be next week? I don't know. Would it be the following week? I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Charlotte, what's your prediction for the next week? It's a very good question, Dan. I'm currently trying to think of it. Um... <laughs> okay, okay. I've got it. I've got it. Okay, so my bold prediction is that I think Kimi Raikkonen's, I guess, future will be announced, which I believe will be a retirement, and we could see Callum Eilert in that seat. Big, big, big. That That's could big. happen. don't think it will be in the next week, but that could happen. Well, you know, fair. you asked for a prediction. Yes. It's I don't a little think bit hard. will be in the next week. It's a hard prediction to make. It might be in lie. months' time, but like... <laughs> it's a very <laughs> hard prediction to make. I don't think one of us will ever get one of these right, but we're going to make them anyway, because why Okay, not? I have another. Kota. Let's say it's going to be um, a double double weekender. No, uh, please, no, please. I hope that doesn't come true. Oh, I know. You can check them out. My article on FullerNerds.com. I was about to say, Jay has done a Shameless feature Shameless plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. Mate, if, if you're going to America, I'm going to put two races there. Put one at Indianapolis. That's what I'm going to say. We're not going to start this discussion again. Listen back, <laughs> to, listen, listen back to one of the last five podcasts if you want Jay to talk about... Move it on to the next segment. Racetracks. Before I get really angry. Right. We are going to talk about silly season. It is well and truly upon us. Driver lineups are being decided. Chats are going on between the teams. Drivers are speaking to the management who are speaking to teams. It's all going on. So we are very quickly going to go through each team and have a little chat about who we think provide the driver lineup in 2022 
And of course, we're going to start right at the top with Mercedes AMG Petroness Formula One theme. Don't know why I said the whole name. Charlotte, who do you think will make up the Mercedes driver lineup in 2022? So I think it'll be Lewis Hamilton. I think that's fair to say. That's a shock. Well, that's, that's 100%. <laughs> that's, that's done and dusted. So it's definitely Lewis. So then here's the debate. Is it going to be George Russell? Will it be Valtteri Bottas? Or will it be a completely newcomer? Will it be someone, you know, someone else? Will it be but Nick Free? Could be Nick Free. Could it be Esteban Ocon for the Bants? Could Stoffel it be... Van Dorn? Exactly. There's endless opportunities. But I'm, I'm going to go with George Russell. Right. That's my hope more than anything. No, I agree with Charlotte. I, I can't see it not being George Russell. I think that Hungary might have been Valtteri's... What's the word? That might have been the straw that broke the camel's the f- back. Fine, yeah. yeah. You see, I believe Toto when he says uh, Hungary won't have an effect on it because it was his first mistake pretty much all season. And yes, it turned out quite badly, but it was quite a small mistake. I really don't know. I really don't want to believe that Russell's going to get that seat. I really, really don't. So I'm going to say Bottas, of course I am, because positive mindset here. I mean, I feel like if if Toto said to said to you, go <laughs> like cross a road with, with a blindfold on, you'd do it to keep Bottas at Mercedes. Depends <laughs> how busy the road is. Well, I mean, the M25, let's say that. Yeah, no, no, he can go to Williams. Um, <laughs> okay. Red Bull Racing. Max Verstappen is obviously going to be there next season. Who do you think will be the other driver? Sergio well, Perez. I I think Perez. He hasn't done a brilliant job, but he hasn't done a terrible job. He hasn't been as bad as uh, Pierre Gasly was and Alex Alvin was. Ouch. So, I don't think he has been. I mean, you're no, it's true. But you know, yeah. you're just saying Albon right. and Gasly weren't great. Right, he is. <laughs> They weren't. I mean, they weren't great. They weren't. Uh, no. And, and like, he's still very close to Bottas, which I, I mean, that might say more about Bottas than it says about Perez. But he's keeping them in the mix for the for the, for the constructors. I know that Red Bull car is a lot better than what it was with uh, Gasly and with Albon at the wheel. But I think he's done enough to justify staying in next season. And he's very happy to play the team game we've seen this year. So it suits suits Perez and it suits Red Bull and suits yeah. Max. I agree. I agree. We all agree on that one. I think Checo will stay only for one more year, though. But I do think he'll just stay for next year. Yeah, he's the perfect right-hand man for Max. Like, he's completely helping him in any way possible. And obviously, you know, it's taken him in the first few races some time to get used to the car. But when they had that domination period, especially in Baku, like, you know, Perez made sure that he kept that lead. He still got the win and helped Red Bull further their lead in the constructors. So go on, Perez. Let's go. But then I'm going to say as well, who do you put in? Because you're going to say Perez is going to do maybe two years at Red Bull. After next year, who, who do they go for? Because, I mean, I look at the Red Bull Junior programme, and you see Gasly, that bridge is probably burnt. I see uh, Yuki Tsunoda. Is, is he quite good enough? I don't know. I mean, he is really, really talented, but he, he is struggling to adapt to F1. Yeah. Alex Albon. Uh, unless they pull in a driver from elsewhere... Maybe a Lando, maybe a George, you know what I mean? Then it's going to be tough. Nah, Lando. I reckon that, yeah, I reckon they'll um, 
try and find another young driver and ruin his career. Maybe well. Liam Lawson. Maybe Liam Lawson. <laughs> Could be Lawson or <laughs> Yuri Vitz. Or Dennis Halger in F3, who is currently storming that championship. He's a Red Bull junior and he's doing flipping amazing in F3. So I wouldn't count him out either because, you know, they pushed Max Verstappen through and look where he is now. Mm. So I'll tell you who it won't be. It won't be Dan Tickton. It won't be Dan Tickton. <laughs> He got kicked out of Red Bull years ago and listened to last week's podcast to hear us chat about him being kicked out of Williams as well. McLaren have got their driver lineup for next year. That's Lando and Daniel. Contracts signed, signed, sealed, delivered. Lovely stuff. Let's go. Nice one, Stevie Wonder. That's on. Alpine, their driver lineup is pretty much confirmed. Ocon signed a contract. Alonso, almost definitely. You th- you would think? Uh, yeah, I think Alonso is pretty much guaranteed. I'm pretty sure his contract when he returned from his hiatus was one year of an option to extend. And he's been really good this year. He pretty much won the Hungarian Grand Prix for Esteban Ocon. So he's shown he's still got it and I can't see why he wouldn't stick around. Yeah, agreed. Aston Martin, I think that's going to stay exactly how it is as well. Lance Stroll's not going anywhere with Lawrence in charge. And I believe Seb's on a multi-year contract. And he's doing pretty well as well this season. He should have had two podiums apart from the last one was taken off him. And good old American Matt cried his little eyes out. Well, make sure you have enough fuel in the car. Simple equation. <laughs> that is very true. It's very good point. Very well made. Alpha Tauri. I think that's staying how it is as well. Well, that is the thing, is Yuki, I think, will stay. But for Pierre Gasly, he obviously has mentioned rumours that he's had offers from other teams and, you know, it depends on what uh, Helmut Marco wants and what Red Bull wants. And obviously it's been rumoured to go to Alpine. I don't know what other teams he could go to, but, like, higher-up teams, they're kind of, like, not an option. Like McLaren, for instance, they're not an option. So I think Alpha Tauri is good for Gasly, especially just for the next year. You know, like we say, if Bottas does get the seat, um, at least uh, Gasly knows the car. He's very experienced and, you know, he's won how many? Three podiums and a win for Alpha Tauri now, slash Tor Russo. So, you know, I think it'll be good. Tell you what I'm wondering. I'm wondering why Williams hasn't been mentioned at all in the Gasly chat. Because he might want to escape the Red Bull program and see Williams as a bright prospect come the new regulations. I'm not sure how that hasn't been mentioned. I wouldn't count that out. I know it's really unlikely, but uh, I, ha- I have seen some small rumours linking Gasly to to Williams, but nothing too major. I think the main one is to Alpine. But I think Pierre knows that if he's going to advance his career, he needs to get out of that Red Bull setup because he's not going to go back into the main team. And Alpha Tauri will never be able to provide him a car capable of, of getting consistent podiums and consistently higher up in the points. So I think he knows he needs to leave, but there's just no availability elsewhere. And he's kind of just stuck between a rock and a hard place. So I can see him sticking around for another year. He's happy there. The team love him. He loves them. So it makes sense to just stick around for another season. I forgot to mention Ferrari as we were further up the grid. Um, Ferrari currently have Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz. Surely that's not changing. Uh, like Tupac said, I can't see no changes. Um, so, yeah, I think it's sticking around. Carlos doing a great job, and Charles is the golden boy. Makes makes no sense to change it. Also, Mattia Bonotto did say earlier this week that he thinks that is the best driver pairing on the grid. And, to be fair, I'm struggling to disagree with him. It's true. Other than I, Mercedes, I, so. I agree. Other than Mercedes? Nah, nah, calm down, mate. 
Yeah, let's just, you know. Yeah, they're you, both you, you performing can't... really well. Like, they're both yeah. doing really well. And at the moment, Carlos is actually ahead of Charles, as we've mentioned earlier. So they're just being really consistent. Really? And, yeah. and they have the same name. Just one's in Spanish and one's in French. How cool is that? Yeah, All right. Fair point. That always helps, doesn't it? It's makes communi- cool. yeah, makes yeah, emails I mean, easier. Copy, paste, right. send. If, if, if Alfie Bottas <laughs> had the... The uh, the Finnish name or the Finnish version of Lewis, I don't really know many Finnish names. But then I've actually really rated it really highly. But until that happens, it's, it's definitely Carlos. Well, so it's, so it's his name that means you don't rate him very highly. <laughs> well, no, I mean it's also the fact that he tried to actually don't don't don't, don't, answer that, don't answer that don't answer that don't <laughs> answer that. Next up we have Alpha Romeo, Kimi Raikkonen, Antonio Giovinazzi. This could change completely. I it think could. Gio will stay. I think Kimi will go. Uh, no offence to Kimmy. I love Kimmy. I really do. But I want him to go just because, like, he's he's done a lot of mistakes so far already this season. And there's, like, he's just taken up a seat, personally. I think we should just bring someone new in, get the young talent in, like Canamila or, you know, anyone else. Um, and, yeah, and with Giovinazzi, I've said it before, I just find him a little bit forgettable, you know? And I don't see him getting the Ferrari seat. Obviously, it was going to be tipped for Mick Schumacher. So, yeah, like, I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> I don't know. I'm being savage, Ralph Romeo. Taking up oh. a seat. That is oh, brutal, yeah. isn't it? Oh, come on. That is brutal. Um, you know, I'll give two answers. I'll say what I want to see and what I think I'll see. So what I want to see is Callum Eilert, Nico Hülkenberg. I think that's beautiful. You know, exciting young talent and a, a guy who's proven he's consistent. I mean, I know he hasn't been around for a couple of years now, but he's obviously a very talented gentleman. What I think will happen is it'll be Arlot and Giovinazzi. I'd like to see that lineup. That'd be pretty good, to be fair. I do also. I do like Giovinazzi as well. He's a wicked star, but he's probably. I don't know. I don't know if he's the kind of guy to move them up the grid to drag them forward like Hulkenberg probably could. Williams Racing. Now, I think this team have the least certain lineup when it comes to 2022. I think it will be George Russell and Nicholas Latifi or Bottas and Nicholas Latifi. But I don't know what you guys think. Well, I mean, me and Charlotte did say Russell at Mercedes, so <laughs> we are going to disagree on that point, aren't we? It's just true and it's true. I think Latifi stays because yeah. he's Latifi and Safina and all that beautiful money he brings in. But then it's who do you replace him with? Because I think, I mean, Williams have said now they don't need any pay drivers. They've got the finance, they've got the resource to employ who they who they choose. But will they want to put another young driver with Latifi? I mean, I know Russell is a young driver still, but he, I think he's just a, a very rare talent. Also, you know who I'd love to see in that seat? I'd love to see Mr. Nick DeVry in that seat. I really oh, would. really? Would you? Oh. Yeah, I know. Who oh. the fuck? You, you kept that Marie. really quiet. I had no idea. Well, now you do. So I'd love to see Nick DeVry in the seat. Who do I think it'll be? I think it'll be Bottas. Bottas and Latifi. Yeah, I think if Bottas gets kicked out of Mercedes, I, I'm almost certain that he'd end up at Williams as long as he wants to go to Williams. Yeah, I that's what I was going to say. first choice. Because I mean, that's the thing, like, even if he doesn't get the Mercedes seat, they go, right, you can go back to Williams. Like, do you think he'll go, sure thing, I'll go to Williams? 
or go to somewhere else where he could have more success? Because obviously, you know, regulation changes, everything could change next year. You know, Williams could be the front runners. We don't know. But if you're going from, you know, the last few years, they're, they're not. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know. Or if they don't pick Bottas, then like you say, they could be Nick DeFries. Could they have someone else? I know, for instance, Daniel Kafiat's, you know, kicking to come back. So could he, he be an to? option? I mean... That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Well, he's the... Isn't he the reserve Alpine driver? Indeed. And I've seen him go... Like, seen on the news him saying he wants to come back. But I'm thinking, like, isn't, where? Isn't he younger <laughs> than Giovinazzi? Is he? Pretty sure he's younger than Giovinazzi, or at least the same age as him. Yeah, he's oh. a lot younger than people think. So on his day, Danny Kovia was a dynamite racing driver. Torpedo. Torpedo. Well, I meant I meant dynamite as a compliment, not as a not as a as an insult. Game like a torpedo. I mean, he he's he. That was his reputation, wasn't it? I think on his day he was really good, but his day didn't come often enough. I wouldn't mind seeing him back, but I don't think I'd be too indifferent if he didn't come back. I've just got a brilliant image in my head now of Bottas going to Williams and then winning the world championship and Russell's at the back of the field with Mercedes and Bottas is just on the podium every race, cheering and... Do you, do you want any more salt in them chips? Showing off to Toto <laughs> Wolf and Bottas, 22 world champion, you heard it here well, first. Look, all I say is that you know Bottas better than me and Charlotte do. Do you think he will stick around in Formula 1 if he's offered the Williams seat? Yes. Thank you okay. very much. I think he wants to stay in F1 and I think he will believe in the project that Williams are going to have in 2022 and I I think that he'll go Williams I don't think he'll accept an Alfa Romeo seat but I think he will accept a Williams seat well it's still linked he's been there done that Mm, true but he's still linked to Mercedes so I don't know maybe he thinks oh maybe I could get back in the seat oh that could be an option say for instance yeah, like Russell goes and then Lewis goes, you know, in a few years' time, VB might be like, oh, this is my time to go back. I had not thought of that. Dun, yeah, dun, dun. He, he might be a bit, a bit old. He'd be like, yeah, what, 30, 33, 34 by then. Although, you say that, but what young drivers have Mercedes got? They've got Frederick Vesti, but he's I mean, in F3. Do they have I, anyone else? I don't, I, think, do. I don't think Mercedes will be as loyal to their young travel program like they all tend to be I think it'll be uh, Lando true. or maybe um, Max maybe yeah, Max yeah fair point Ocon? I reckon oh no. I mean it depends on how he matures it's, I think maybe it depends how McLaren do actually wait how are you saying about future Mercedes drivers we haven't mentioned Nick DeVry he's oh. going to be there Nick DeVry and George Russell <laughs> 2025 calling it now okay anyways so, should we move on the only team we haven't spoken about is Haas F1 team. I reckon that will stay the same. Mick Schumacher is a very good driver. He has a lot of promise for the future. Nikita Mazepin has a very big bank account. So I think they're staying as they are. Yeah, probably. I just want to say I love Mick Schumacher. I just think he's so sweet. Um, it's not us, just a bit of a side note there. Um, but yeah, I think, no offence to uh, Nikita Mazepin, but Schumacher is completely outperforming him. Um, there's been a few unlucky things like Hungary that wasn't his fault so you know Kimmy did that so there you go Um, (laughs) no hate to Kimmy I'm just pointing out facts but yeah it doesn't look like it will be changing anytime soon 
I this is gonna be very controversial, but I don't think Mazepin is having that bad of a season. I know he's been out qualified every single Grand Prix by Schumacher, but Schumacher's made a lot of mistakes. He's he's missed two qualifying sessions through crashes. Mazepin, I know he literally crashed like the second corner on the first race, and then he crashed well, actually too fair in um in Italy in what was it Imola when he's full. But since then, he's actually been all right. I he's been somewhat decent. Can you say decent? He's been he's, he's been all right. He's been learning. Put it that way. He understands he's been big learning. Flags. I mean, I know sometimes he does like he comes like a ninety seconds behind Schumacher, and that is just inexcusable. But. He hasn't been as bad as I thought he'd be. Let's say that. He, he has his moments. I think if he hadn't have come into F1 with the negative attention surrounding him and how obvious it is that he's a complete pay driver after finishing fifth in F2, I don't think anyone would be talking about him too much. You know, he didn't help himself by crashing out on the second corner of the first race. And he still spins a fair bit. But he has caused less crash damage than Mick Schumacher. He is learning. He's had good weekends like Monaco... He's pretty stupid still on track. He did have, he did have a good a weekend. Brilliant show, overtake. So. I'm pretty sure you guys saw it, didn't you? That overtake on Schumacher. I did. Yes, that was yeah. a club. I wasn't sat at a club. I was sat on the straight. But yeah, I saw a club. Yeah, it was a good move. Oh, it's the only move that happened I there, was actually. Was it was Stowe? No, it's a club. Oh, crazy. Oh. Yeah. There we go. What do you know, eh? Oh, clearly clean it enough, because I don't know where that was. <laughs> um, this is just another little add-on slash side note. With all this, you know, driver talk, who's going to join which team? And, you know, there's so many driver options. I really want more teams in F1 because it's just so unfair that we have, for instance, these rising stars coming through the rankings and then they can't join a team because there's not enough space. Or then there's people who have lost to see, e.g. Alex Albon. And I really want him to come back, but it doesn't look like it's going to be going his way for a while. So I just think, you know, let's put two new teams in, get four more drivers in and... Yeah, like, you know, I think that'd be a good option. What do we think? I like the idea. And obviously there was that meeting. Was it an Audi and, I can't remember the other team. Was it Volkswagen? Porsche, I think, wasn't Porsche. it? Yeah, Audi and Porsche. They went to Austria, the Austrian Grand Prix, to talk about becoming like an engine supplier. I mean, when I first started watching Formula One, there was, there was what, 12 teams? There was 24 cars. and Exactly like my point. And it was Bring really back cool. Manor and HRT. But I think... With new teams, is always a paradox because new teams, chances are they might not be as well-funded as some of the established names, so they might lean more towards paid drivers, like like Manor used to do, like HRT used to do, used to get some pretty poor drivers getting into Formula 1 back in the day. So that paradox, I mean, maybe new financial rules and uh, F1 trying to make it more affordable, more sustainable for a Formula 1 team it might be cool, but I'm just a bit nervous that that talent that we're hoping to elevate into Formula One doesn't get the chance still with more teams. There's rumours, aren't there? Mr. Not-So-Rich Energy. Where's he going on the grid? He's coming back on the grid, apparently, next year. What's happening with him? We haven't mentioned that yet on this podcast. I, I think he's more of an attention seeker. I can't see Rich Energy F1 on the grid next year, personally. Okay, just... Just saying what he yeah, said. I, I know you're just throwing it out there, but... I'm merely <laughs> quoting... I'm swatting the flyer. I've been swatted away. <laughs> that is it for the News Roundup show this week. Next week, we have the second edition of the Nerds versus Fan quiz. Fan will be coming on, and Jay or Charlotte will be going up against them. The current score they have to beat is three, which should be doable. 
out of 15. It was a rough week for the first week, I'm not going to lie. But we will see. We will see if anyone can do that. And if you come on and you do beat us and your score is the highest of anyone after the entire season is over, you will win a prize. And it's a very good prize. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's a very good prize. Hopefully some news will come in the next week. We had relatively little news, but the Silly Season chat made the podcast worth it. If you enjoyed it, please give it five stars on iTunes, download it on every device in your household. It helps us out massively. If you want to see all the news in the week, head to formulanerds.com. Me, Jay and Charlotte will all be writing stuff, various articles. Bits and bobs, Formula Nerds Twitter, Formula Nerds Facebook, Formula Nerds Instagram, Formula Nerds TikTok. That that is that. Jay and Charlotte, thanks for coming back. Hopefully you're back next week. I'm here, mate. I'm loud and I'm proud and I'm loving life. Love it. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. Had so much fun. Always a pleasure to be doing podcasts with you both. And yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you very much. We'll see everyone next week. Goodbye. Podcast Network.